Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And a few of my favorite ordinary summer things are roses in my garden, a dash through the lawn sprinkler, and fresh corn on the cob, grilled. And a few of mine are watermelons so sweet that the juice runs down your face and stains your elbows, campfires that smell of sweet pine cones, and vanilla-flavored iced coffee with cream that can crack any face into a grin. We hope these conversations help you see the extra hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. Lisa Joe, I have a funny little story for you. Okay, so we both have teenage sons. Yes. <laughs> and of course, as many parents and grandparents are discovering, teenagers always know more about technology than we do. <laughs> yes. So my son Thaddeus has been telling me recently that you and I aren't doing enough. It's great that we have a podcast. Oh, but we should apparently also we should also be on YouTube. Oh, we yes, be live my son streaming. feels the same. Why don't we uh, have YouTube versions of our podcast? <laughs> right, right. So this is a big deal. He brings it up quite often, really, as if this would be the secret to our success. So I had to explain to him, dear Thaddeus. I know what you're going to say. There is no way I want the world to know what I look like when I podcast <laughs> with my dear BFF, Lisa Joe. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can you imagine? Right? This is the very first time in possibly the entire quarantine that I have um, gotten up and showered before sitting down to podcast with you. So I feel like actually today I'm winning. <laughs> And yet but still, how do you feel? <laughs> would not like to have a camera on us right now because I am sporting what I believe is very in vogue, um, a bright red tomato face or tomato, <laughs> as our South African <laughs> listeners would say, my hair like so I just jumped in and out of the shower really fast because it's so weird that these words are coming out of my mouth. I went running again this morning. So my hair is like soaking wet, just up. It's not even like a cute Pinterest messy bun. It's just like I couldn't even find a hair dye. It's one of Zoe's leopard print scrunchies. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Joe, I feel like if we were one of those uh, super fun professional radio radio shows, when you said I went running, we would have some kind of crazy sound effects <laughs> like... like like horns blowing, <laughs> drum roll. I don't know. Or like because, Zoe's always wow. like, da, da, Yeah. <laughs> I know. There'd be so like it, crowd cheering noises. Right. And then crowd like cheering. how they have exactly. the gasps when the villain walks onto the scene of shock. There you go. But it's interesting to me, Lisa Joe. That's a polite that you, word. Interesting. Yeah. I think what Christy means is shocking and surprising. Shocking, shocking. But sure, we can go with Interesting. <laughs> You and I, dear friend, have told every kind of story about ordinary life. And yet, one of the most ordinary facets of ordinary life is the fact that we are uh, physical beings who live in houses that are essentially these physical bodies, and we use these bodies every day. And yet, you and I haven't told a lot of stories around the body and around certainly not exercise. <laughs> well, let's be fair. It's because we don't have a lot of stories about those <laughs> things. Okay. 
<laughs> what are you talking about? I think, I think we have scraped the barrel and told and, all the right, stories Anybody who's panicking right now, this is not going to be a fitness podcast. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> like, we're not trying to talk you into going and buying Fabletics right now. <laughs> like, and yet, in coming together to record and catching up a little bit um, just before hitting that record button, we realized that you and I had both restarted something in our lives this week that has to do with um, physical activity. And I think that can't just be a coincidence. I think there's probably more to that. And if you and I both felt um, a pull to make that shift this week, I think it's quite possible that we have listeners who um, maybe are feeling something similar or, I don't know, this may be something that that spurs them on in a direction they need to go. Because one of the crazy things about life right now um, with this pandemic and is that so much of what we're experiencing, even though our lives are maybe so different and we live in so many different places, I mean, we're so lucky that our listeners come to us from around the world, and yet our lives are being shaped in some really similar ways um, because of right. this global experience. So what it so you you went running? Is, did you, did like, we already say that? Please explain <laughs> what happened. Done. Who are you and what did you do with yeah. my friend? Well, interestingly enough, when we sat down to talk this morning, I think this is actually connected to the last two episodes. So Mm -hmm. two episodes ago, we had one of our, (laughs) we recorded a conversation that has had some of the the most feedback we've had in in a long time from our community, the most listens and downloads and comments. And no surprise, because that episode was called Parenting in a Pandemic, (laughs) in which we shared just kind of the stress level of parenting where there really not any change in the rhythm, where the rhythm is the same and we're all in the same house and we're schooling and we're doing church and it's just really stressful. Even for parents who have kids who are partially going back to school or parents who homeschool, none of us have been able to go back to a rhythm we're familiar with. And so the pressure cooker inside our homes is pretty intense. And then the following week, so just last week, we did an episode called What's Saving Our Lives Right Now? And it's because at the time, we were hoping to arrive with like lovely, uplifting conversation after parenting in a pandemic, and we did not have any. It was still (laughs) difficult. And so we focused on trying to find small wins, things that were hope we could look forward to. But the truth of the matter, since we try to be authentic with you guys, is that things in my life did not get better even after that episode. Like, I feel like I then entered the third week of the fifth month (laughs) of a pressure cooker. And, you know, we all have different things that a pandemic exacerbates in our lives. And for me, sort of temper and frustration is one of them, and it's directly connected, as I've shared in Parenting in a Pandemic, to the state of my house. So when everybody's in my house and my house feels cluttery and small, and you know, if you've listened to, we did a whole series called the Home Series, where we talked about the different rooms in our homes during a pandemic and how we're using them. You'll remember me telling you, our house does not really have separate rooms. It's like all this big open floor plan. And I remember we joked about that GIF that's out there to like HGTV now, like, ha, let's see who wants an open floor plan now (laughs) because nobody wants to be with their people all the time. But the pressure cooker was getting so bad still in my house. And I 
felt like I was wound really tight and just the smallest thing, Christy, would just set me off. Like my poor children. I like one day texted one of my friends who's a pastor at church and I was like, hey, Lynn, like, so what you doing? Like, can I come by? Are you at church today? And she texted back, oh, you want to go get coffee? Like there's some places that have outdoor seating. And I said, nope, nope, having a breakdown, going to need somewhere more private. (laughs) I literally like... She was like, oh, I'm here. Come anytime. <laughs> like walked into her office and just like started sobbing hysterically about how I'm having a mental breakdown because all these people are in my house and they're never leaving and it's just terrible and there's no hope and it's just all bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I realized as I was talking to her, like one of the things I was really struggling to manage is my own level of temper and frustration with my kids. There's one in particular, I think we all have one who's just like mastered pushing our buttons. And I kept telling her like, I have to find discipline in this area. Like I can't, this cannot continue. This cannot be the story of us. So that is happening like on one track in our house. On the other track, my teenage sons are working out a lot. And I think we shared this in one of our other episodes. They have like this little tiny part of Um, the shed that they work out in outside. It's gross and there are mosquitoes and it's, I don't know how they do it. It's so hot, but they love it. And they love to come into our bedroom and admire their muscles in our mirror every single night. (laughs) And one of my sons said to me, hey, what if I run with you? You know, mom, you could do it. Like you could run. And I wouldn't have, except he got up the next morning and came in in his running clothes and was like, so like, let's run. And I was like, oh, no, like, this is ha- what this is happening. <laughs> this is happening. And so here's the story that's so interesting to me. I feel like I want to have all these caveats to people, right? Like, I am aware that I live in a human body. And I like how it sits on the bed for long periods of time watching <laughs> Netflix. Like, I like those things. I like naps. I like sleeping in. I like all of those things. And I've heard a lot about how if you exercise, you get endorphins and it makes you happy. And I've thought, I don't think it can make me as happy as binge watching six hours of Netflix. Like, how can running make me feel that happy? Like, I feel actually euphoria at the end of the day when I get in my bed and pull up Netflix and have a new show to keep watching. Like, you, I'm sorry, but there's no way running compares to that. So I am not trying to sell you on that. But here's what I did discover. So this was now a week ago. So I'm on day six of this tiny, tiny habit. Jackson and I ran. I thought I was going to vomit quite a lot of the time. I did not run the whole time. I walked a lot of it. And we did a very small loop around our house. It's a few things that helped. It's a very pretty area that we went through. There's a little bit of like these little mini farms behind our house. So we ran past there. It's only 1.8 miles. I measured it. So it's totally doable for me. It doesn't feel like a stretch. And um, it only takes about half an hour, 40 minutes. That's it. And the interesting thing that happened while we were running. So my teenage son, (laughs) like he then had to go to work after we ran. He didn't even change his clothes or anything. I was like, you don't need to shower. And he looked at me. He's like, I'm not sweating. Like he didn't even break his sweat. Okay. Like. I'm drenched. Like my body is just like, I'm a liquid human at this point. Okay. He didn't break a sweat. He told me in not a condescending way. He's like, 
I said to him as we're running, I go, is this like your pace that you run? And so he's a soccer player. They run like six miles during a game. It's insane how much they run. He's also a soccer coach this summer. So he coaches soccer all day and then he has soccer practices at night. And so I asked him, <laughs> am I like running your speed? You know, are you struggling? Like, are you, are you okay? Are you keeping up with me? <laughs> he's very sweet. He looked at me and he's like, no, I'm okay, mom. This is, I mean... This your pace is fine, and I'm so proud of you. But for me, it sort of feels like I'm still walking. I feel very relaxed. <laughs> He's like, it doesn't even feel like I'm running. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Jackson, oh no, like I feel like such an idiot. And he goes, no, because you know, mom. There's a sports commercial out there. I just don't like it at all. You know why? And so like he's talking. I can't speak, right? I'm like <laughs> next to him. And he's like having this whole like deep philosophical conversation with me about sports advertising. I forget which brand it is, but there's a, sp- a commercial that says no limits. I think it's Gatorade. N-O, like there are no, no limits. And Jackson says to me, you know, mom, that bothers me so much. That commercial is just wrong. Any athlete will tell you that is actually bad training, philosophy. You need to actually know your limits because if you don't, you can hurt yourself or maybe you have a race coming up and your coach has told you they only want you to do you know, this amount of distance training. Or maybe you have a big game on Saturday and your coach doesn't want you to be winded. Maybe you're supposed to be focusing on strength training. Every athlete has limits and knowing your limits is what helps you actually improve. And he said, so mom, you just know your limits. It's okay. Like if you need to walk, that's fine. If we do the short distance, that's fine. All that matters is that you're doing it. That speech has completely changed how I think about any form of exercise. And I decided after that moment, okay, I desperately would like to have some changed patterns in my life. Today is actually my 21st wedding anniversary, which you know. My 46th birthday is coming up, August 26th, and I am interested in developing some new patterns in my life. And in order to do that, what I used to think I had to do, right, is the no limits. I used to think, Lisa Joe, you have to download an app. Like, I need, you know, the couch to 5K, or I need Noom, or I need, like, there's all these training apps, right? I need to push myself. If I'm only doing one mile, it doesn't even count. Like I would have all this narrative about what running or exercise was supposed to be. So what would happen inevitably, Christy, is I would be totally defeated before I had even tried to run. And I would feel like it's just impossible. But now that I know my limits, and they are, I am like a 45-year-old body that moves very, very little. (laughs) It's trying (laughs) to add some movement back in. So I know I will only do it if it is a doable distance that's quite lovely and I do it first thing in the morning. And it's very important I do not let my brain turn on before my legs start running. (laughs) By which I mean when the alarm goes off, I mustn't have any opportunity in which to negotiate with myself. So Here's how it looks in my house. If there isn't something comfortable to wear ready for me, I'll be like, oh, I've got, I don't know. It's going to be uncomfortable. I don't have anything to wear. And then I won't run. 
So I've had to build in these rhythms the night before where I have dis- I've discovered what I feel comfortable in. I, You guys, I have not ordered any running clothes. I had this old pair of leggings. They're very soft and I like them, but they're long and they're hot. I can't function in them. And I wore them the first day and Jackson was like, I don't even know how you're running in those. You you look so uncomfortable. And he told me if I'm uncomfortable, it's very hard for me to exercise. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. So I had this old pair of leggings and I cut them off so that they're like bike short length now. They're totally Ah. jagged. Didn't try to sew them. Don't care. Okay. (laughs) They are perfect. They're so comfortable. I have one, maybe two sports bras. And I have like these old tank tops. They're not supposed to be the kind you exercise in. Nobody should see you in them. Like it does, I don't care. They're comfortable to me. I have one pair of shoes that works and I have these socks I like. Every day when I get home, I'm drenched in sweat. I put all of that in the washing machine. I wash it, I dry it, and I put it right back next to my bed. So when I wake up in the morning, my brain does not have an opportunity to have a conversation with my body. My body just puts those things on and says, it's easy. You're doing this tiny little loop. It's pretty and it'll be done. Just go do it. And I'm on day six. And I got to say, there is, I was so shocked to discover that science is right. <laughs> and for me, it isn't a matter so much of like joy, euphoria, and endorphins after I run. Instead, what it has felt like is draining off my excess stress and anger so that all that stuff that's like low grade bubbling up in me all day of frustration and irritation and trying to get work done while I'm sharing the space with all these kids who can't seem to remember to put a cup in the dishwasher instead of just in the sink. Why is that so hard for them? After I run, I'm so exhausted (laughs) that I don't have the energy in me to lose my temper in the same way. Now, I'm not going to say I don't have the energy to lose my temper. That would be a lie. I just don't have the the energy to scream or to slam doors or to start like berating and shaming my children. It's been radically eye-opening to realize, oh, exercise actually changes something in my brain that makes the rest of the day much more bearable. I'm not going to say it's wonderful and I love it and like running's the greatest. I don't feel that way, but I do feel that this one small doable change is actually making a difference. That's very inspiring, Lisa Jo. I really, I really <laughs> I don't do think mean they it should to put be. you on the commercial. I'm not trying to inspire you. <laughs> like, I really am not. I don't want anyone to feel guilty who listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's just one more example of how incredibly compatible you and I are. I mean, it's no wonder that we've been friends for so long. It's no wonder that we started this podcast about ordinary life. And I mean, I always come back to that first episode where we talked about... Small Small, seeds, right? right? Just tiny things, planting those tiny things and then, uh, you know, seeing how they grow. I think in a world that where a lot of the messages we get are about um, going big, setting goals, big dreams, you know, like the thing, the way you thought exercise needed to be, right? right? Those are the messages we get. Like it doesn't count unless you go big. It doesn't count unless you've made a goal to run a marathon. or Right. Or you have a home gym suddenly or like your workout area is so beautiful or you've ordered the new line of workout clothes. (laughs) 
or you've got sneakers that like, I don't know, levitate or like whatever (laughs) sneakers do these days. I mean, is it any wonder that you and I, even when it comes to exercise, even when it comes to our physical bodies, would have to find a way to do it small? Small and ordinary. Yeah, to do it ordinary, like so ordinary that you're cutting off old leggings. Like, that's perfect. (laughs) This is very on brand, Lisa Jo. (laughs) I know. If If your brand is like like no brand. If ever an athletic brand wants to partner with us, (laughs) that would be very challenging. That would be challenging. Uh, oh, man. But Lisa Jo, it's also interesting to me, I mean, thinking about our compatibility and how we approach these things in a similar way is that without discussing this, so I had no idea until I happened, I think just yesterday to catch a story you'd shared on Instagram that you were running, I had no idea that you had started this up. Um, because I think that's something else we have in common. When you start these new patterns, you don't talk about them, no, right? Like I feel maybe bad you're talking it. about it today. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. Because I'll jinx it. Like I won't yeah. be able to continue. <laughs> I make no fanfare because also I almost don't even tell myself. Like I don't even want myself to know it's a habit because that's way too much pressure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gosh, that's it right there. We we are not the kind of people who do hard things and thrive under pressure. <laughs> we <laughs> are people who do small life. things, <laughs> but wilt quickly under pressure. <laughs> I love you I like mean, all over again in this moment so much. <laughs> So my own story this week um, that really dovetails, I think, quite well with yours is that um, while I do have a consistent habit and have for a long time of moving every day, um, so I do not run. I have asthma and it has always been exercise induced and running hates me. It always has. (laughs) I spent every gym day where we had to run when we were kids, not every, I'm exaggerating, but I have... My memories of those days (laughs) are mostly of me trying and then ending up in the nurse's office lying on the little padded couch because I couldn't breathe because my chest hurt. So I did not run. um, But years ago, I read somewhere um, a a science, some kind of scientific article saying that walking is just as good, that if you do it. Uh, for long enough, you do it consistently, it exercises all the same muscles um, with less risk of injury. And it was as if reading that gave me the permission to do exercise small, to do it in a way that worked for me and for my body. So years ago, I did start um, walking consistently, and I love it. And um, it's definitely one of the things that through quarantine with my family has really been helping me to get out every day. And it's been harder lately with the hot and humid weather. Um, but I know that, you know, okay, that's August. It's going to cool off again. It'll, it'll become fun again. Um, so I've always had walking. But um, a couple of years ago, I also added, I, I knew that I needed, you know, I could tell that as I got older, you know, I was, I could tell that I just wasn't as strong. I wasn't as flexible. And, um, and so I started uh, doing some yoga because um, it helps with flexibility and strength. And, and so I started that a couple of years ago and um, have never been super consistent, but, um, you know, intermittently I would do it. Well, I was doing it um, with a lot of consistency and really loving it up until March. Mm. And then my kids all came home <laughs> and our days, I feel like sort of exploded, <laughs> you know, they just became a completely other thing. You know, my, my routine was now completely different. I didn't have the same amount of privacy. And here's something, I will never do yoga around other people. 
I was just thinking, I, I want to yes, see Christy do yoga. <laughs> just like nobody is ever going to see me running. Right. <laughs> ever. Exactly. I will never be like, here I am running. <laughs> I feel like that's very important to say. This needs to be very private. <laughs> very private. It's like going into your prayer closet. Yes. I go into my yoga closet. (laughs) So great. (laughs) Well, now all of a sudden I'm surrounded by people all the time. And so I just stopped doing it. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't going to take the chance that someone was going to walk in on on me while I'm upside down. (laughs) Oh, no. So I stopped. I stopped and, you know, was focused on the kids and, and, and still kept walking, you know, as much as I could. But um, stop doing yoga. Well, Lisa Joe, I started again this week. I feel like it's been about a full week. And I almost feel like the day you went jogging might have been the day that I started That's so doing yoga interesting. Again. Maybe we're both at like yeah. our breaking point by that stage, which I, I seems very so. I mean, that's kind of how our conversations have tracked. Like yeah. we last week we we're like that we got nothing. It's not better. Yeah, yeah. Everything is bad. <laughs> and here we are. We're we're moving, we're exercising. And but my experience has been the same. Um, a sense of just this small new habit, this small new pattern um, has had really outsized repercussions. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like my um, my days are just anchored in a new way that just feels really good. I feel like just this small, um, small new habit, at least I only do it for um, 20 minutes maybe. And do you so do it I, in the I, beginning of the day or the end? So that's the thing. I um, it, it changes, but as it, it, so when I started this week, it was just trying to get it in before the end of the day. So it would be like four p.m. and I'd say, right. "Oh, I haven't done it," and I'd have to drag myself to do it. Well, today, before we sat down to record at nine a.m., I have already done my yoga. I know. It's I like ran I woke before up, this morning. It's it is yeah. possible. Like that's so shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I woke up and I actually wanted to do it. Um, yeah, which is, you know, kind of, I think, the power of a of a new habit. So just in case our listeners are interested, um, I think one thing that has helped me is that I found a couple years ago a really great YouTube um, yoga instructor. Uh, her name is, actually, I don't know her last name. Anyway, if you just Google yoga with Adrienne, um, she's very good. It's very clear, to easy to follow her instructions. There's no music. <laughs> there's no distracting in extras. Um, and and each lesson, I love doing her little 30-day programs. Each lesson is not too strenuous, 20 to 30 minutes at the most. And so I just know that every single day it's going to be doable. Some days might be a little harder than others, and I might have to push myself a little bit, <laughs> but I'm never going to have to push myself too much or too long. And that to me is what it takes for me to show up every day. So I think like you, like figuring out this is my limit. I'm not going to do big, grand beach body programs. Right. Now, first of all, I think I'm opposed to anything that has beach body in the name. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it was easy, I wouldn't do it. (laughs) Listen, but if one of our listeners is doing it, we're proud of you. Like, that's amazing. It's just, we are never going to have beach bodies. I'm never going to do it. We're okay with that. (laughs) Because I think that is a real thing. I think I've seen ads. I I have no idea. No, it is. Um, That is, it's a big thing. But I guess that's what we're saying is is getting, part of this is getting to know yourself, right? So for some people, the big, the um, like, I, oh, so I have friends, I think like CrossFit, right? right that's something where you have a right. community and it's very intense. Right. And they set, you know, big goals for themselves. And I, ha- I have some good friends who um, that has been the thing that really, um, you know, uh, I don't know, just connects with who they are. And so I was thinking this week about um, why do why do I do yoga? Why do I like that? And I was thinking, especially because um, my sister and sister-in-law, <laughs> um, it, 
are also home with children and, you know, so facing many of the same pressures and stresses you and I have been. And they have been doing an exercise program together. I actually don't remember the name. They're going to be horrified that they've told me about it so many times. And the name, (laughs) I have not retained the name. (laughs) Um, But they've been doing it together and encouraging one another and holding each other accountable. And to me, when I hear them talk about it, it sounds like one of those um, very difficult CrossFit type right, <laughs> beach right. body kind of exercise programs, right? So I have been asking myself, Christy, why don't you do that? Like, why do you love this yoga thing, this sort of gentle, slow yoga thing, but feel completely turned off by that? And I, I like asking myself questions like this because I just always feel like it's an opportunity to get to know yourself better and also to get to um, to know other people in your lives better. It just, I don't know, I like having that kind of understanding. So I realize when I'm doing the 20 minutes of yoga, there's no, there's nothing that feels to me like mindless repetition. Uh-huh. So for instance, there's no like, hey, we're going to do push-ups now. One, two, three. Yes. So if exercise has that component, yes. I check out. I get so bored. Yes. It feels so pointless. That's and so I just interesting. Stop. I've never I identified, do but I feel the same. And I feel a degree of like dread and resentment because as you're counting down from 15, I now know how many more are still coming. It's kind of like when you're watching a presentation and the PowerPoint slides have all the points on them and the guy's only on point one and you're like, (laughs) oh no, like they're going to be here. That is so interesting. Yeah. I I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Just this week I realized, oh, that might inspire someone else. Like, oh, I'm going to do a little bit more. I'm going to push myself a little bit harder. I'm going to do, you know, a bigger number every week or whatever. But I'm the opposite. It crushes any desire I have (laughs) to do that exercise. Whereas yoga, um, at least this yoga with Adrian that I've been doing, doesn't move in that way. Instead, it's more like following a bit of a story. You're holding different poses and you're just trying to move through the poses in a strong way, you're paying attention to different muscles at a different time, but you're never just one, two, three, four, mm. you know, you're just, you're moving. It's downward dog and now it's this. And it, you know, it has this picture of of the pose that you're kind of holding in your mind and, and you're always moving on to the next one. And there's something about that flow and that um, it's just different, right? And for whatever reason, that to me is just something I can settle into and do. It feels like it keeps changing, um, especially if you're following, for me, I'm following a teacher on my computer. So, you know, you can do it on your own, but I'm following a teacher, so I don't know what's coming next. Yeah. Um, I also, I never check the little timestamp on the YouTube video, so I never know exactly how long that uh, day's practice yes, is, which yes. also kind of tricks me because right. I can think like, ooh, maybe we're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> That is so You know, and I don't know, like, oh, no, today's a 30-minute one. But, you know, some days are 15 minutes, so I never quite know, you know. So, uh, anyway, it's it's these little ways that we get to know ourselves. And I think I have found a way that feels good to for me to move, which is just very gentle walking and gentle yoga stretches. And and I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful. And it's not what would work for everyone else, but it, it's what has been given to me and um and yet it fits with my personality it fits with your personality and and um it's funny to me but so fitting that it would be small that it would be ordinary <laughs> but it's kind <laughs> of like Jackson said it's it's know your limits know so your you limits. know yeah. that that kind of repetitive workout isn't going to work for you whereas your sisters might know like something like yoga wouldn't feel as challenging for them and they exactly. need to have that in their lives and i think that's what we're learning here it's like know your limits 
save your mind or like free your mind, <laughs> you know, like however you want to think of it. And it really has felt that way for me because I had to understand, first of all, what my limits were and like what my obstacles were and then mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. to try to navigate them in order to make a way. And what I've also felt like is this small area of discipline has actually then had a like a ripple effect into other parts of my life where I've wanted to have discipline too. Mm-hmm. And listen, you're never going to hear Christy and I talking about like weight or, you know, what you shouldn't eat. Like we love the food. Okay. <laughs> we are not obsessed with the weight, but I will say this, like anybody who knows me in real life knows I have like, I mean, it's like a massive sugar junkie. Like I love it for years. I'm never going to give it up. Like I love it, but I also recognize moderation <laughs> is, is important <laughs> so I can have longevity with my family. But it's very hard for me to just decide to change how I eat or how I think about food, especially in a pandemic where it feels like it's the only thing left that brings you real joy at home. Yeah. But if I have run this short little distance and I have sweat and I've showered and I've changed, something has changed in my brain that has empowered me now to not feel like when my kids come home with Sour Patch Kids and they brought the jumbo bag they bought at Walmart Like I actually have felt like, oh, it's easier to not want it because I've already built in some resistance in my day, some discipline. I've exercised that discipline muscle. And it surprised me because it's like I don't want to trade this. I had victory here and I want to keep having victory in the rest of the day. And um, so it's funny, we, two friends of mine, we went out for dinner the other night in our socially distanced cheesecake factory. And I was nervous ahead of time because I was like, oh, man, all the cheesecake, (laughs) all the food, (laughs) all the things I love. And I was like, but wait, I ran my little loop this morning. I'm hot and sweaty. I don't want to waste like those calories I burned, that discipline I exercised. And I'll just say, I'm not weighing myself during this whole process. Like, that's not what that's about for me. This is for me about discipline, like about learning new habits at 45 and trying to change the story of Lisa Joe in some areas. Like I'm never going to want to give up every, you know, give up a bunch of stuff, but I want to figure out a way to have a healthier relationship with some things. And so, you know what I did though, Christy, I thought to myself, listen, Lisa Joe, there are things you can do that are very ordinary to change what will happen tonight. And you know what I did? I just pulled up the cheesecake menu beforehand, the cheesecake factory menu And I Googled, like, what are some good, healthy options? You know, like, what would, what have other people suggested that are good to eat? And I found something that looked delicious to me because I love fish very much. Found this delicious looking dish that was recommended as a healthy option. And so when we got to the restaurant, I did not look at the menu. I just ordered the thing that I had looked up ahead of time. And my friends got these jumbo slices of cheesecake. And because the thing I ordered was really delicious, I didn't feel deprived. And I had a bite of each of my friends slice of cheesecake. It satisfied that like sense of like, oh, I really love sugar and it would be unfair if I don't get some. That's how my brain works. It's always telling me things are unfair. I don't know. How, how is it unfair that I don't get cheesecake? Don't I don't argue with this. That's how my brain works. So my brain was like, oh, I got to try both of those delicious bites of cheesecake and I felt satisfied. And it was so surprising to me. Like when I left, I thought, huh, 
Look at that. I ran that short little distance. I made that one like tiny change, like not having a slice of cheesecake. That's not a big deal at all. But for me, it was about the story of who I want to be when I take back control, whether it's my temper or my relationship with sugar or how many hours I want to binge Netflix. Like all of those are areas of my life. I feel like I want to tell a different story, you know, not necessarily a better story, but definitely a different story so that the discipline becomes something that's more, that it takes place in other parts of my life. So here's an example. I could work at my computer happily for 14 hours. Like that would be joyful for me. I would enjoy it. I don't think of that as discipline, right? Like that's almost a form of not discipline because I'm just giving in to this thing that I want. And so when I've thought about my life, I've been like, where are the areas where I actually need like some better structure, some discipline, some new habits? And um, I'm if I think about a lot of them at once, I can't do it. It's too much. It's too overwhelming. I have no goal-setting book. I have not written down goals anywhere. I have I have not even whispered them to myself. All I did <laughs> was start getting up every day and run this 1.8-mile loop. That's it. And I never, when I started doing it, I wasn't planning for it to have a knock-on effect. I was just trying not to be shamed by my teenage son. But what <laughs> happened is it's had an effect in other areas. And so when I've shared on Instagram, it's been fun to see women write back to me and say, oh, wow, like maybe it is worth it just going to walk for those 10 minutes today. You know, like I wasn't going to because I felt like all I had was 10 minutes. And I am a big proponent of like, yes, the tiniest thing, like the smallest amount, know your limits and do the easiest win And and what do you know? The next, you know, six days later, you're still doing that thing. You're making a new habit. Mm -hmm. How many podcasts do you think we've done now, Lisa Joe, where we essentially say something like, limits are good. (laughs) Yay for limits. (laughs) Ordinary is the best way. Don't set big goals. Do less. So here we are again. Here we are again saying limits are good. Limits are God given. Whether it's the limit of the day and the 24 hours we've been given, the limits of our circumstances, the limits of our bodies and our physical selves. Don't fight it. (laughs) Receive it. (laughs) And it can tell a good story. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link.